for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Welcome to episode 12's Director's Commentary. Now, this is something we normally release strictly on our Patreon uh, page for our patrons, but this time I felt like because it was the last episode that it would be great to give you guys at least a little sneak peek as to the type of thing that we normally either do on our Patreon page as well as there are some more concrete answers within the discussion that is had between myself, my guests Alexander Danner, who is the sound designer on our show, And the podcast critic, Will Williams. Now, a couple of things to know as well is you should probably have already listened to the episode. You're not going to be able to hear the entirety of the episode particularly well. You'll just have little hints here and there as to where we are in the story by what we're talking about. And sometimes some of the uh, sound will come through. So you probably want to listen to episode 12 first. As well as uh, there are additional spoilers within the discussion. Uh, So if there are things that you wanted to figure out for yourself or if you're going through a re-listen or something like that, again, you may not want to uh, listen to what we're talking about. With that said, uh, uh, enjoy. Uh, also, be forewarned, we, uh, we had drinks, so we are a little tipsy. All right, everybody. Uh, this is it. This is the last, the very, very last director's commentary, uh, uh, the boozy 
director's commentary. And uh, we thought we'd go out with a really uh, big bang here and have Alex, uh, our sound designer and and magician and and just, uh, you know, um, warlock uh, overall of our sound on as well as uh, Will, Will Williams from Podcast Problems, William, Will Williams writes and tuned in, dialed up and probably a million other things that I just can't really think of. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Oh, you you blipped out briefly there. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I said hi. I said hi, guys. <laughs> oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> hello. Um, yes, yes. That was the part we lost. Was the the hello? Yeah, I know because there was a really long silence, and I was like, "All right, I guess they're not with me. Um, I am literally <laughs> by myself right now, and I uh, I'll play all three parts today." Um, <laughs> So, uh, 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 thank you for, for, for coming on board, Will, uh, and, and doing this chat, uh, with Alex and I. Oh, yeah, thank I. you for having me. It means a lot Are to you me. kidding me? Like, you, above all else, deserve the last and final slot of our, of our guests. <laughs> um, just based off the sheer fact of just, you, you understood us from, from jump one and have been a big supporter in that way. And, and, uh, I, uh, I appreciate that. And, and who, well, who better to talk to than somebody who just really gets us? Well, I'm glad that I get it. I'm glad that I'm not just like, you know, having these analyses and you're like, oh, actually, no, you're so <laughs> off base. No, no, so, no, 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 no. I'm very glad. I'm very glad. Nope, 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 nope. You're dope. You're great. Um, next <laughs> next season, when I do these, I'm going to invite people that hate the show. But this season's all about, um, I you you know, in some ways, you think that was a joke, but uh, I really do want to do that. That's um, so a thing no, that you would I, do. No, I didn't think you were joking. No. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, I want people. I want people to do it with me that that don't like the show and that promise that the commentary that they provide is not going to be. I just don't like it. Like it has to be like specific. You need to be able to be yeah specific and critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we need to have a, a dialogue, and otherwise, this is there's just no point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's next season, guys. So you you all stay tuned. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll do a countdown, and uh, I'm going to be using. Um, uh, iTunes here, so um, we'll do a countdown, and uh, I think we'll do uh, three, two, one, and then on one or just after one, just hit the the button to play. Okay. Okay. Everyone with me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Oh, well, here <laughs> we go with the normal uh, reduction in sound. <laughs> oh, mine's starting with the ad. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I have to. I, I meant like I have to reduce oh. the sound so I can hear you guys. Oh, got it. Oh no, I don't have the an ad. Well, la di da. Well, that's because I'm I'm playing it off of iTunes. Are you not playing it off of t- iTunes, Alex? I am playing it off of iTunes. That's fucking weird, then. That is weird. Oh, I'm play. Okay, you're playing it off of the iTunes, like iTunes itself, not I- having your file in iTunes. Ah. Uh... Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. See, this is this is probably why it would have helped to have everyone using the same file, but you know, hey, what do I know? Using the same matched file, yes. It doesn't need to be in the same folder. I don't. Whatever. I don't want to have this conversation again. Actually. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk about the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, see, that's the thing. Is like, I'm so concerned that all of my commentary is just going to be me saying, "Oh wow, that's good. I love that." Well, I mean, you know, or just like you can. listening. You can. You can. Alex, if you have something that you want to add in here, I know that, you know, uh you had this sort of planned out from very early on as far as like you wanted to do 
the ending first and then no ending at all. Yeah, yeah, especially because we had that that breakdown of the ending in the previous episode. Mm. Um, I I was looking forward to just starting there with with that breakdown um, and letting the end of the show play out, and then we 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 don't return to the familiar title sequence. Mm-hmm. What is the now the yeah, I think that go it's, ahead. No, oh, go I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I I have nothing to say better than you. That's that's for sure. <laughs> I, I really like how, how much this episode breaks form in so many different ways. Like, I mean, first, you know, we're, we're missing title sequences, things like that. And then it's also, you know, substantially longer on top of breaking form for just audio drama in general. But, like, I like that it comes to the extent where, you know, even in this episode, there's an epilogue. And yeah. the end credits are completely different. Um, I love that you even broke form for your own show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's something that we've always uh, had in mind, and that's something that I've always sort of yeah. been pushing as far as like letting Alex know that as we go along, we need to we need to take the things that we've already been doing and and uh, add to them or take away from them or break them down a bit more um, mm-hmm. as we go along. And um, yeah, this was definitely uh, I think the natural next step you know in a way I, I don't i don't think I, I didn't have to tell alex to do this part you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just he had this in his head and this is what he was going to do but it was the natural next step in a way yeah so when when you're writing an episode how much of this do you write out james um some of it i, I tried uh, i will be probably more specific going into season two but um mm-hmm. i didn't know what was going to come of, of the show and, and and I didn't want to pigeonhole anyone who was coming in to do sound design into one specific thing I didn't want to dictate mm-hmm. too too much so I figured mm-hmm. all of that would be handled on the back end so I did put specific right. cues in here and there like um, like either a smash or a uh, ruffle or things things that had to do with like setting the, the scene better um, none of the abstract right. stuff did I really get too detailed about I don't think Alex right I, yeah the, the 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 transitional bits all you wrote is static yeah static and swirl, um, oh, wow. static and yeah, swirling that, sounds yeah um, undulating voices uh, you know things that were very general um, because I didn't want to take away from Alex uh, uh, coming up with his own yeah he 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 put in uh, directions for a lot of the the in plot scene sounds, um, and he had a very clear vision for like the physical movement. Um, but he left the the abstractions to me mostly. Yeah. Um, is Julian streaking? Uh, is he running around without his clothes? Possibly. Yeah. Stop running behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's wearing underwear. So I, I, okay, good. I I love the to, to point out. I loved the silence that we that we had plopped in here. Yeah, um, it's so good. It was such. It was prolonged enough to be a little unsettling. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like for a second, I was like, "Oh shit, my file!" It, exactly. Oh no, it's it's the um, cardinal then, rule of yeah. broadcasting: is never never allow a prolonged silence. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that Ugh. we played with before a little bit here and there with certain silences and, and breaking up a, mm-hmm. a scene. Like with Slick early on, we had like a whole like um, skip to the end of a scene where it was like, you know, it, the jingle was like, ding, 
ding. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we had that go on forever. Yeah. Until yeah. He goes, You'll never have a meal. You know? Um, Prolongation is definitely a, a core element of our aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> I love this scene. Uh, I think it played out really amazingly. I think Marcus Waterman is, like, the least sung hero of the show. He's somebody who never gets... I love him. He does not get yeah. enough recognition at all. Like, his Keats is amazing. He's an amazing yes. actor. He's so good. The scene was so heartbreaking to listen to because I knew exactly how it would play out. I still didn't buy that Keats was the dirty cop. No. Like, I, I could not reconcile that. There was no way I was going to buy that. Yeah, that was a leftover from the initial then, intention for Keats. Keats was meant to be the overheel uh, to Barton, but because the, sh- mm-hmm. the show changed in such a way that everyone sort of fractured off into their own and Keats had his own story, and I started liking Keats quite a bit. Um, yeah, I love Keats. And I, it's so extremely tragic that this entire time Lillian is trying to get Barton to mm-hmm. not do this because she's afraid for herself and for mm-hmm. Archie and also for Barton. But then, like, it plays out in such a way that she wouldn't have expected. And this is another part of her family that's just mm-hmm. gone. Oh, I'm not <laughs> I, I, You know what I loved about this scene, too, is that is that... Uh, so much of the show doesn't point to this necessarily happening. Like, there really hasn't been a whole lot of consequences throughout the show right. for major characters. It's been mostly minor characters or characters that you never met that have died. Um, and this was the first real, like, shit's getting real. And I, I like stories that come to a head at the end, like, to a, a crazy climax. Yeah. That... Do you? Wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> After listening to this finale, there's yeah. no way I could have told James. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's something I, that tends to be, like, uh, I guess a, a writer quirk with me is that that's I tend to gravitate to that, so you can almost always expect if, I'm, you're li- if you're listening or, or or dealing or reading something of mine, and it's like kind of a little either just interesting but not lots happening. Oh, it's, I'm definitely gonna f you up as like the third act hits. <laughs> well, you did, so thanks. <laughs> I loved this part, by the way. Yeah. This, uh, uh, Barton, this is, in a way, uh, Alex and I discussed this as Barton's journey, mm-hmm. uh, uh, similar to what uh, uh, Walter's journey is later on in the episode. Yeah, it, um, it's definitely yeah. meant as a, a, a parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, he sort of, fuck you guys, <laughs> falls out of the story a little bit. And here's mm-hmm. the bigger reveal that we didn't think was ever going to be a big reveal. I, Alex and I figured that everyone would have realized that it was Gans that was yeah. a, a crooked cop uh, episodes ago. I I don't know how I didn't. I'm so mad at myself <laughs> for not. I, I think it's it's wonderful. <laughs> I, I really thought people were going to be on to Gans much earlier, and I never thought people would buy that Keats was the dirty cop. Right. Um, the, some people did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And James set this up See, I didn't... right from the beginning with Gan stealing Barton's sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. I didn't even. No one ever realizes like, that. I didn't think that it was Keats. <laughs> but then I was also like, wow, I guess Gan's just really fucked up. He just did a really bad job. He he chose the wrong guy. Nope. 
No. Nope. 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 Gans, uh, from the very first episode, uh, and the reason why I picked Gans eventually was that uh, he stole he stole Barton's sandwich from the get-go, and I even gave you the clue at some point when he goes, did you come back from lunch? And he goes, you have a little mustard in your face, and he yeah. Barton had just described the sandwich earlier as having mustard on it. Um, You're a good boy, Gans. So... A lot about what goes on with Barton was telegraphed from episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking back at it now, because I did my re-listen today, um, and looking back at it now, it's it's very clear. Um, but y'all hit it well. You you foreshadowed it well and hit it well. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even I don't even think it's that we hit it well. I think it's that Jamie gives such an endearing performance that nobody wants to believe that they're the bad guy. Well, right, like I want to, yeah. I want to talk about how you, how you went about casting that role, because I assume yeah. I, I wrote it for Jamie. By yeah, the way. yeah. Um, wait, it was written for Jamie. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense then. Well, That's perfect. Because, yeah. Well, I, I wrote the first. I had started writing the first episode. Uh, Gans existed that, uh, in that. I hadn't thought of Jamie yet, and then Star, Starship Iris episode two had come out, so I listened to it because I was mm-hmm. in it. And right. I heard Jamie's voice, and I was like, "Oh shit, that voice actor is really like funny, and they're so adorable. Like their voice is adorable." Yes, and I'm like, "That should be Gans. Like Gans should be this most adorable thing ever. Like almost like you want to just reach through the the speakers and hug it, that voice." And that's what I wanted for Gans at that point. And then I realized that Gans would have to be the heel. The ultimate heel in the story, <laughs> um, and that's perfect. Yeah, but I think I think one of the things that was for also foreshadowed in a very blatant way. Like if you if you listen to the show and you listen to it back to back, and say you didn't listen to the end the end first, but you listen to it back to back, I think you would maybe get the foreshadowing that Barton's gonna die because every episode somebody's like you're in over your head, yeah. you don't know what you're doing. I know you're gonna die. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to believe. Like, even Gans, like, tries to discourage him several times of, like, you know, are you sure this is a good idea, Barton? Yeah. yeah. So he basically, he he fucks Barton up uh, uh, all the while still giving him an out to, like, stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw that as being part of Gans's job, too. Like, he's supposed to throw people off. That's how I read it. Are, yeah. You know, it's better for everyone if Barton doesn't pursue this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I just felt like, to me, Gans was... Just sort of, you know, blasé about all of it. Like, it mm-hmm. could go either way for him. Either he could send yeah. him up to get killed, or he could, you know, uh, discourage him and have him return the thing. But then by the time it gets towards the end, he's like, well, fuck it, you can't return it. Yeah. It's too late. Like, yeah. he's already gotten his right. orders to, to do what he's going to do. Which he gets the orders from Maselli. It's not from the devil. Uh, the devil has no idea Maselli is usurping his authority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for this particular scene, we... Um, we talked a lot about how the voice would be coming in and out yeah. of the uh, uh, of reality. So it starts in the radio, it breaks through, uh, and then eventually uh, goes through what you went through with Donald and Louise, um, mm-hmm, breaking mm-hmm. through the radio and then becoming uh, uh, a solid voice. With noise. It can be There's that vibration. Yeah. Being a, a vortex. Darkness. That took a few go rounds before James was was satisfied with it. The which part of the, it? The vibration itself and and how it ramps up. Got it. Yeah. How did you how did you go about accomplishing that sound? 
Um, it's a variety of different vibration sounds that I just layer more and more on top of each other, and it culminates in a helicopter. A helicopter? Yeah. That's so interesting. I was just listening to something. Um, oh, it was the, the, the Ars Paradoxica um, like FAQ, like the, the Q&A that they did. Mm-hmm. And Misha Stanton was talking about how the timepiece was a helicopter as well. Oh, really? So many, um, yeah, yeah. So many amazing uses of helicopters, but that's, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that feeling of, of taking off. I think it feels very mm-hmm. accurate okay. to the voice here. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to discuss what may or may not have actually just happened. Archie, you go first. <laughs> I don't know, it was like vibrating, his voice was coming out of the radio. <laughs> Alright, so that was an outtake, but I just left it in there as part of the actual scene. Oh, I love that. Um, I never would have guessed it was an outtake. Jor- Jordan giving that goofy answer, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I was like, vibrating? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Jordan. It. That, I usually leave that up to Alex to decide if, like, I usually make a toy box for him to pick right. odds and ends from, things that were interesting that are just not going to make it into the actual show itself, or if it does, it's going to have to be on the underneath uh, track or something. Um, but with that one, I was like, no, okay, we'll, we'll use that. <laughs> so I put uh, it And that one, I, I, that was one of the rare times I questioned yeah. you, is like, is that really the take you wanted, where, where we've got <laughs> Jessica laughing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the, the tone seems a little different all of a sudden. Well, because it, it, it's them getting affected by the frequency, I felt. Yeah. So it was like a nice little meta moment slash true to it. Um, yeah, and here's a nice little tender scene for, for these two. I love this scene. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, Their performances are just so, so incredible. I yeah. would never believe that they're not in the same room. I would yeah, never believe that. Like, I still cannot believe that. The way that they play off each other is just perfect. Yeah. I haven't worked with Kareem as much, but I've worked with Tanya a lot, and she's just consistently amazing. No, they're both excellent. They're both they're both amazing. Yeah. Uh, they both give you very different things. Um you know, like I've said before, Tanya can can have a, a two page scene, and she will submit forty five minutes of basically uh, a million times saying the same words, and then riffing on those forever, and then you know, which is beautiful, but at the same time, it's a little bit like sometimes, like you're in the time crunch, and you're like, I just want to fucking put the scene together. Can I, you know, I, I make it through forty five minutes like just to get through five, like two pages? And there's five dramatically different takes here, and every one of them is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you have to spend a half hour just really convincing yourself that you've chosen the right one. Yeah, so then you go back and you re-listen to the how you cut it, and then you go, okay, let me listen to the other take again. And then you listen mm-hmm. to the other take queued up instead of that take. And it's just it's just an immense amount of work that you're putting in, but it's so worth it because... Yeah. There's so much about this scene that are, that's taken from just the extra stuff that, that Whitney, uh, or Tanya, I should say, gave me. Yeah. Yeah, in doing in doing my re-listen today, I was struck again by just the precision of like every single performance. I, I like, I don't feel like a single actor is underused or being used in a way where you know maybe they could be doing something different. Every performance just lands so well, even though they're all completely different. Yeah. Your cast is so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, I'll take credit for that. Um, <laughs> no, you should. You have a real eye for casting. It's impressive. Yeah. 
naked things down there? He's vibrating. <laughs> wow. Send Mrs. L's my heartfelt congratulations. But, um, I, I genuinely, I felt so uh, giddy about getting this cast that I was, uh, I couldn't believe that I had it. And, uh... Yeah, I, I, I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky. James, do you have a favorite character to write? Uh, from this show? Um, yeah. That's a great question. Hmm. I like it. Well, I I think uh, one of the ones that you could point to and say that, that, that I ended up liking a lot was Keats. Mm-hmm. Um, I, liked, I ended up liking Keats a lot more than... I had intended. Yeah. Um, but I think um, Whitney happens, you know, Whitney and Walter tend to be my favorites to, to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they both need to be in, in the scene together to make it really sing for me. Um, mm. But to, when they're apart, I have a feel, dif- like they feel different to me as well. Like they, they play differently. Right, um, right. Uh, because they're so, uh, there's such a symbiosis between the two of them. N- neither um, of them is the other's comic relief. It, they're, they're a team. Yeah. Yeah, they're a complete team. So it's not like, you know, they, they offer each other what the other one needs at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I talked about that very, very early on when we first talked, Will, but I think that's mm-hmm. very apparent as we get to the end how, you know, interlocked they are. Yeah. What was what? Here's Alistair. What you called me for? No, my sweet boy. This is Danny Pineda, a very, very good friend of mine who did a beautiful job as Alistair. I created, basically created the role for him because we took away the narrator part right. to give to Alex because Alex had this great idea that since the narrator was leaving Greater Boston to bring the narrator into our show. Right. That it, it worked out so unintentionally that, I mean, those were two separate ideas. He was bringing a narrator into his show and we were writing the narrator out of Greater Boston. Yeah. And we realized that those were, that the episodes would be dropping within a week of each other. <laughs> and and that was just too good an opportunity to to not use. And then Danny, as a fan of Greater Boston, agreed to do it, and without any real like, oh, is there something wrong with my? Because he doesn't, he's not a norm. He doesn't normally do acting, mm. and so I was worried about telling him this, and then him going like, oh, you think I suck, and that's why you're taking it away from me. I was like, no, I'll write you something else, and it'll be really super cool. Um, and I, I love Alistair so much. I'm so glad that we did everything we did. Man, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I have a question about Alistair. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I okay. didn't even know that you ex- were here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely tr- we definitely wrote in the the non sequitur insertion of this character into the context of the world. I love this whole exchange. Yeah. I'm inside. It's so good. This was like, I I was laying back listening because like when I got this finale, um, it was like I dropped everything I could. I just put on headphones, laid on my couch, closed my eyes and just kind of like let myself steep in it. Uh And then this scene happened and my eyes just full on open and I was like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and this is that prolongation again of this weird, this, this awkwardness where they're. They're not even sure they're having the same conversation. <laughs> I love that. Richard's performance here is also just like, I always love him in this role, but this scene is just so good. The tone variation from line to line is amazing. I can't, I can't even imagine what his audio must have sounded like before it was cut apart. Um, 
like to be put in the mix but the transitions between tones they're just so good he mostly is uh, richard's very consistent tone wise except every now and then he'll put a different emphasis together or he'll do a different growl uh well on a different word and um so like he'll instrument of great he'll emphasize just differently on different takes so i will make a decision based on how i feel that the scene is flowing whether or not I want to grab something that's contrasting or not. Mm-hmm. And then you have... That, that vocal tick he invented, I just love. Yeah. I love it so much. And I love Danny's instinct to try to imitate it. Yes. Yeah, Danny... It's Danny, hysterical. That was, his, that was Danny's call. Danny was like, yeah. I feel like he should be like a mini devil and i was like that's perfect danny go with that do it mm-hmm. um, yeah that's brilliant and he had this like baby growl to him almost like he's like this little pup like Rawr. yeah because he sounds like he's consciously forcing it forcing it because yeah. mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. is he's yeah gotta make papa proud be like dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is where we learn never answer the door that the radio is telling you to answer yeah, no <laughs> Yes, I believe you're making quite a bit of sense. Then be a dear. Unlock the door. Your guest is here. <laughs> uh, all the transitions are just so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like, I've heard this from a few other What's the Frequency fans, too, but, like, some of the textures in this show what? totally trigger an ASMR response <laughs> for me. I remember um, you saying that, which, yeah. Yeah, which I feel like is the opposite of what should happen. I I didn't even Um, know that was a thing when we started. One of my students taught me about that. Oh, yeah. I've only once had, like, a reaction to a sound. There is this one glitch sound that I have that I I started listening to and I got dizzy. That's awesome. I I didn't use that one. I didn't want to make people hurt themselves. That's fair. I one of the weirder parts of it for me is that you know that feeling in your jaw when you eat something that's really sour, mm. and there's that like twinge of like not quite pain, but like that weird jaw sensation. Yeah. It does that for me. Oh, interesting. Which is so bizarre. I've never heard of anybody else having that same reaction. Um, at least not to most. ASMR thinks, but what's the frequency does it? That must be related to synesthesia, right? Oh, that would make sense because I've only recently found out that I have a form of that. Okay. Which I did not realize. So, huh. Oh, uh, turning a See, I thought I did a very original thing when I wrote the, the uh, turning a man into a radio. Uh, and then I come to find out that it's been done uh, a few times in audio drama. Yeah. Has it? Well, Archive 81 did it in season two. I've only listened to the first season. Oh, Archive... I'm Archive, so behind. Archive 81 starts with a man radio. Oh. Uh, season two. You gave me that other uh, older podcast that you said um, it was like an hour long per episode. Um, do you remember that, Alex? No, I didn't hear anything you said because I knocked the cord out of my headphones. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, do you remember the one that you recommended to me though before the Archive eighty one? You, you it was like one of those older podcasts. It had a uh, you said it had used the same idea of turning somebody into a radio or communication device. Um, it was hour long episodes. I can't remember the name of it. I I remember I I really did not care uh, for it as a show. Um, well, then I'm not going to name it even if I do think of it. 
Now that you well, said you can that. Name it. Well, if you, I, I, you can name it, I'll cut it out. Okay. I don't remember what it was. I honestly don't. I can't even. I think it was, was what it was. Yes. Oh, I haven't heard it. It's, it, it's very campy in parts, but it's this amazing bridge between old-time radio and contemporary audio but it's drama. it's very, very boring for something that's an hour long every episode. <laughs> I enjoyed it. At first, my husband and I thought the baby hated me. He wouldn't just kick. He would actually jab me in various organs. Anything his little talons could reach. I just couldn't get any. So with the uh, with the Spishak ads, um, there was one time. Do you guys know about um, David Reinstrom's Weird David Jeopardy? Yeah, I, I know of it. Yes, I haven't. I haven't played. It's very good. So for his birthday, Ellie and I decided to make him a Weird David Jeopardy so that he could participate instead of always delivering. And at one point. Um, David had to go do something and we took a quick what we called a commercial break and I went through the transcripts and I just put in different Spishak ads <laughs> like into our chat and he was like what is happening <laughs> and then once they realized they were like no <laughs> I, I will say the Spishak ads have gotten to be the hardest part for me because really? because I keep trying I don't want to repeat myself uh, but I, I but trying to think of a whole new approach with everyone is you know just still coming up with new ideas is hard that's what I'm here for it started easy but you know with everyone that's done that's one fewer idea I've got yeah well, I want to point out something to Will here is that this is the most evil thing Alex has done in the entire show. Was I did not tell him to do this. No, nope. he put he put the Keats stuff in this ad. Yep, talking about prenatal. That was him. No, no that was all Alex's and, and idea. I, and I'm talking to James, and I'm like, uh, you know, asking him, "Oh, did you like this? Did you like the special?" And he's like, "Yeah, Alex, that." That was pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> and and he sounds scandalized by it. I'm like, oh no. It was so gorgeous though. I made something that James thinks might be too dark. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I I didn't think it well I was shocked that it was you and not me. That's what was I was like <laughs> That's the thing that had concerned me. I was like uh, Alex, you're an evil bastard. That's cruel. <laughs> it was yeah. It was intense. It was very, very, very upsetting. It's usually my job to be the one that reigns us in. Yes. No, he's absolutely right. Alex Alex, and Reagan are the two reasons as to why this particular ad has gone under two whole revisions. Mm-hmm. Separately. First one was because of Alex. The second one was because of Reagan. What did Regan bring to it that that changed it? Uh, they, they had read it and still felt very, like... Uh, uh, I, I'm going to use exactly what, what they said is that felt very triggered still by it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Let's, um... And I, I was concerned about that, too, from the from the, from the early versions. Right, so then we, we, three of us, talked about what it could be next. What could we change it to? Because I was at a loss. I was like, I don't know what to do, guys. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this... I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want right. to trigger people. I don't want to be mean to anybody. We had to problem solve it a bit. So. Yeah, 
up on that horse. Y'all do that really well. Like, what's the frequency is a dark show a lot of the time. Like, a really, really dark show. But it, it never feels yeah. unkind or emotionally mm -hmm. manipulative at all. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay, that's true. This conversation while Missy's being shot over and over. Um... Well, I, I don't take that as, like, I feel like it's basically driving home the point of, like, she, yeah. she cannot be stopped. It's it's. <laughs> this is at least the third or fourth time I've killed Missy. Yeah. This is at least the second that I can think of. I know we exploded her the last time. Uh, I exploded her in the previous episode, and we, we had her choking to death. Uh, a little earlier oh, than that. Oh, I didn't even think of it as a, her death. I just thought of her as choking a lot. Oh, no, I thought everybody died. Oh, okay. I kind of thought everybody died, too. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, one of the things... You know, like, I don't tend to... I mean, despite, you know, what I just did with Keats, I don't tend to go for the, the super dark aesthetic or, or being super edgy. Um... And I give James a lot of credit for being someone who wants to do the dark aesthetic, but is mm -hmm. sensitive to the way that that can affect people and and takes criticism yeah. on it very well and responds to it. Yeah, I I genuinely, um, you know, I genuinely love love my community. I love love everybody in it, and I don't want anyone to uh, feel like they've been abused in any way. So yeah, um, no bother. Welcome. Come in. Please. This <laughs> This is another scene <laughs> where my eyes just opened again and I was like what's happening? <laughs> what the what? <laughs> oh, but it's so good. Oh, and there's Alistair. So, with the narrator, um I know a few other, other a few other fans are talking about like wait, so is there going to be more branches into more audio dramas? Is that is that something that you are maybe thinking of? Or was this like a nice coincidence? Just yet, though. That lined I hope up. So. Nice. Please. No, I hope so. Can I offer you anything? No, thank no, you. No, I mean, I always had in mind the idea of referencing other shows and with the idea of integrating, but I was so new when, mm -hmm. this, when I was writing these and I was trying to put them together and I reached out to some people and they were like, yeah, I don't know, buddy. And I was like, okay, bye, bye, bye. Um, the only person who gave me the okay was was Ryan Estrada. He's like, you can reference uh, my show, so that's why you got Big Daddy, uh, the the yeah. guy, uh -huh. the guy looking, right. talking about the keys for the net for a net. Uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> you did still throw in rich beef sausages, though. Oh yeah, no, well that well <laughs> not everything can be rich beef sausages. Okay. <laughs> well, it would be different if I integrated like series so like, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was more of a sly comment. Uh, I know, I know. Mr. Kowalski. Yeah, I I love this idea of you know, the frequencies and breaking through different realities and pulling from different um you know, I guess universes and then actually bringing that into the show itself with breaking into that greater Boston universe. Um, there was an allusion to this earlier in the season. Was there? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a clip of Michael. I'm sorry. What's your name? Earlier in the season. Wait, is there? Oh my God. Uh huh. I missed it. Yeah, there's a couple of clips. There, there's a lot of clips of that, that suggest pulling from other things. But yeah, there's a whole Michael kept doing his uh, mantra. Oh, I'll have to go. I'll have to do another re-listen. Which, oh no, what am I gonna do? Name you have. Oh, 
it's it's you know it's it's one of those little things woven into one of the transitions <laughs> that you you can miss it but it's there the word of our i love that or i thought it was so obvious that i actually yelled at you to like make it more obscure you did you thought you thought i made it too 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 um <laughs> too prominent and i heard it again when i did a re-listen like last weekend and I was like, that's still too prominent. Like, I should have had him hide that better. You did okay. You did okay. Well, apparently, I didn't, didn't want to hide okay. it because I didn't think the significance of it would be obvious. This house, it has secrets. Yeah. I thought it would because I felt like th- there's so much that... There, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of things... Becoming... Yeah, there's a lot of things that I thought were going to be bigger clues than they turned out to be. Um... There were some musical cues that yeah. gave the game away really early in the season, and, and no one caught it. Can you talk about those a little? Dipping your toes outside. Yeah, we do a lot of detail work, Will. We do a lot of work on the details. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. Of course, the word of the Lord really does explain all the mystery. Did you know that my great-great-grandfather built a room... I love I Richard. He's so good. Oh, we did this scene live uh, uh, on. Uh, really? Yeah, we did it through. Uh, yeah, the the three of us did it on Source, Source Connect or Slack or I forget what we ultimately uh, used. But Slack. I wouldn't know that. We tried Source Connect and we couldn't get yeah, it to work. I didn't have a USB mic um, set up like and um, for whatever. You, Mr. I felt so Certainly self-conscious performing against Richard. <laughs> I mean, look at along the way. I had to redo all my lines later because I was—I just couldn't get big enough. Of course, my dear. I yeah, I feel like that would be incredibly intimidating. And I had Danny at my house uh, recording out of my booth. Watch your step there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I was, in, I was in my bedroom on the bed, shouting out directions to him and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think the narrator bit we used the lines I recorded. It was when I was recording as Krog with with Richard that I, I just, I just didn't get it. After you, sir. It's awfully dark in here. Apologies. Let me take care of that. <laughs> this was really fun to design. Yeah, I bet. I I love that it feels cold. Mm. You know, like I I'm I don't know if you meant to suggest that it was cold, but it certainly feels cold when you listen. I I was certainly aiming for isolation. Mhm. Um and and it's a much higher, tighter reverb. Mhm. So, yeah, you get the feeling of what a small space it is. And a chair for me to sit in. And, and he's so calm about it yeah. all, too. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is fine. So, oh, I guess I'm locked in a room now. I guess I ought to do some typing. <laughs> I'm fascinated with characters doing the opposite of what they should do in a scene. Like, I like the idea of him just sort of calmly being like, okay, well, this is the situation. All right, well, let's see what we got here. Um... <laughs> I love that you let me do the the. I'm just gonna have a dot matrix printer replace the typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I, I first did that, and it was such a goofy direction to go, and I, I fully expected him to no, tell me no, what we're doing. We made it a bigger part of the narrative out. because I, I we didn't decide what we kind did. of like what's so special about the typewriter. Uh, uh, we we hadn't hammered it home yet, and so when he designed the dot matrix printer for the for a previous episode. 
I was like, no, 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 let's do that. You got to make it sound more dot matrixy, and that's what the actual thing is. That's what makes it special. It's that it's this, right? It's you know, because it was going to be special regardless. But I felt like it was even cooler that it was a mm-hmm. a dot matrix printer uh, hybrid. But you can still type on it. Yes, no, it's a hybrid. It's like this weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um an okay, accounting calculator. Who is this? But it's not in the, in the transition. The only one who finds this the Alex, the not not the um, um, I'm sorry, not this one, the next one. The one that's like uh uh I can do it other ways, blah blah blah. Oh that's that's uh Kristen. Oh okay, okay, okay. I was like, who is that? You made it sound like a you made it sound like a dude. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh I pitch uh, when I when I'm doing stuff where it's the cast most of the time, not always, I, I pitch it to me to me to hide which cast member it is. Um but that's again playing with the the breaking of reality and that we actually hear the cast right, right. as themselves. Right. Um and, and the the cast themselves become you know, we're hearing them from within the show. Oh, and there, there's the musical cue that should have given everything away ages ago. That that music box ah. is is um, an old ragtime tune. It's a it's a a famous ragtime tune called the Entertainer. Right, right. And and that's the theme that plays with the voice because he's the writer. He's the entertainer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I was really worried that when I when I did that, that people were going to be like, "Oh, that song, that's the Entertainer, that tells us who it is." But no, I was I was <laughs> expecting people to do too much work. Um, but then I really thought people would get it when we first hear the voice on the uh, recording that is uh, Joseph. I brought in the original piano reel recording of of the same song, and mm-hmm. use that as Joseph's theme. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. And it, it still, it didn't quite tip people off. Yeah. I had, I had suspicions. I'm not, so I'm not typically the kind of person who will, like, sit down and theorize mm-hmm. about things. Um, I'm not, like, a headcanon person or anything like that. But this is one of the few shows where I, like, it's hard not, it's hard not to theorize. <laughs> Good, and, yeah. And think through things like that. Um, so... So I had inklings, but I don't know. This particular sound piece, uh, uh, mm-hmm. one of the rare occasions where I designed the, the like a fifteen minute piece. Yeah, uh, yeah. This, this section is a very much a collaboration. The whole underlying thing underneath all of the sounds that are coming in and out that was all James. Oh yeah, wow! It was, all, it was a, a large, large audio experiment, really, um, and it was meant to be Walter's journey. And I kind of used uh, two thousand and one as my. Uh, starting point with what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, that was that was exactly what it hearkened. Cool. Like that was that was my first thought when listening. Good. That's what we wanted. And so he sends me this this fifteen minute piece, and of course I'm not going to break right. that up at all. And I have to like, okay, now I have to put everything yep. on top of that, and that defines yeah. how long this <laughs> section is going to be. There's a lot, a lot yeah, of sound was, journey to I, put know, in I think there. I even had us take away some some sound design uh, from this uh, to get it mm. to to have moments of just being the the uh, experimental piece. But um, the only the yeah. only thing I gave Alex was like, yeah. Look, you can't shorten it. Like you can't you can't take it and trunk yeah. it. Yeah, and I didn't want to. Again, prolongation. <laughs> I'm into yeah. it. We, we we absolutely share that. I mean, I do that in the other show and that's, too. That's so important because I feel like I feel like a lot of creators or a lot of collaborators would have looked at that and said like, "Whoa, hey, that's way too long." You know, they're not mm-hmm. going to follow you through that. Yeah. 
And it's nice hearing that you two just understood that if your listener has followed you to the finale of this, they are not only going to follow it, but be delighted yeah, by it. Yeah, that's what like, I'd hoped. This, this sequence is so yeah. gorgeous, and it's just so, like, it feels so transportive. Um, and very visceral, but not in a, um, not like in a gory way. Just in a very, like, it's a very physical sequence somehow. Yeah. 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 That's great. You know, I, I'm very happy with it. I, I agree with you, though. I, I feel like um, people have come with us this far, and if you've come this far, then this is probably something you're going to dig, and maybe at some point you might feel like it's a little indulgent, but hopefully it's something that well, it is, yeah. and that's okay. There's nothing that we sh- we artists should indulge themselves. I hate I that agree. that's a criticism. Well, exactly. I, I I'm only indulging myself for the sake of trying to give something that I feel jives with the show. I don't think any of my indulgences mm-hmm. contradict the show or contradict um, the experience uh, or pull you out of the show in any way. You know, it's it's all there in service of of giving you the the correct experience. Yeah, like. And and you send me this 15-minute piece, and my reaction can't be, oh, it's too long. It has to be, okay, how do I justify these 15 minutes? Right. How do I, what do I put on top of it to make it worth that, that investment of time and make it, make the trip satisfying? I, I honestly think that the trip is very satisfying without all the stuff you put on it. But, you know, hey. Uh... <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> it's music without that, and, and it's satisfying as music. Mm-hmm. And we added to the jungle sounds again, which that's that appears in the uh, the um, Trudy uh, Carmen scene in episode uh, mm-hmm. ten, I believe. Which then I I tried to bring in a lot of callbacks yeah, I, in this, here. Yeah, the yes. phone too, yep, and the phone ringing, the the music, and even from earlier in this episode, like the whale song comes mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, this this is very 2001 right here. Um, I do love the track you made, though. It's it is, it is, and 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 you're absolutely right. I, I I mean, again, you were telling me to cut stuff back, but that was the first draft where I I had barely done anything with it yet. Um, I, I I always intended to have moments where we just let the rhythms that you created come mm-hmm. through. Yeah, I wanted there to be like a, a sonic journey. Like I yeah. wanted to tell a story just sonically, right? With as little. Uh, sound from the characters as possible. I understood that the voice was going to have to be incorporated in this somewhere. Right. Um, But I wanted um, Walter to be in it and I wanted him to make grunting sounds and like he's being tugged around in the the frequency and and whatnot. Um, I love that his sounds are specifically small and fragile. Like, yes. I like that they weren't like, yeah. it wasn't like a, like a hyper masculine, like, oh, I'm getting punched. They were so, right. mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to hold him, you know, like, yeah. and just take care of him. They were such small, sad sounds. Yeah. Ugh. He's very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually something that Kareem did for me, uh, about a, a week before we put this together. Oh, wow. Um, cause he was like, uh. I, I, now that I've listened to the show and, and I was thinking about this journey thing, um, I feel like I have a different take as to how Walter comes out the other side of that. Oh, and he wow. Goes, can I, can mm. I record some stuff? 
And I was like, yeah. Cream's great. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so he, he recorded that, that extra bits for me, these things. Like, oh. Um, those were not originally recorded uh, a year ago, like everyone else. Um, yeah. The other thing that I that I played with with Walter in this is when we open, it's like it seems like he's having a back and forth with the voice, right? Um, but it 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 I tried to have a, a a moment where it's revealed that no, those are echoes of the previous conversations he right. had, and that bit where it sounds like he's confident. It the the conversation diverges and they're having two different conversations, and then we hear actual Walter is that that whimpering broken version mm-hmm. um, with that stronger version just kind of looping in from the past yeah oh. this whole <laughs> from here on out I was just so worried and so distressed but it's so good and, and you are right to be <laughs> I look. I warned people like four episodes ago you that did. shit was going to yeah. get bad, and that people people were going to hate yeah. me more and more until the end, and they were going to hate me a lot. I was yeah. very upfront. Mm-hmm. He actually, James called me at one point, and he was worried about the ending of this episode. He was having regrets about um, the kind of violence it, it comes to. And when we were having the conversation, it was like, "Yeah, I see why you're worried. Maybe we can do something to edit it to to change that." And then I listened to the episode. I was like, "No, yeah. that—that's exactly where it was going. There's nowhere else it can go. That whole episode between them, that—that that sweet, intimate exactly. moment they have, exactly. sets up the ending in such a way that you—you you can't not do it." Mm-hmm. What helped me too, beyond just Alex agreeing and feeling like that was the right thing, was you, Will. Uh, after I sent you the uh, the um, the preview copy. Now, at this point, it's yeah. way too late. I wasn't going to change it, but um, <laughs> but yeah. when, you, when you said like no 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 it had to be that I was like oh yeah okay yeah all right well then I did the right thing yeah and it did it really, it really did. did like we've had so much of these two to this point where you know we've had all of this conversation mm-hmm. about the twin souls yeah you know um yeah if it had been anything else or anyone else it wouldn't have felt as important like it would have been important. But mm-hmm. it's a very it's a specific kind of importance, and it's a it shows just how much the shift has been. It kind of actually it it reminded me a lot of the finale of the second season of Twin Peaks, right. yes. where Coop is fighting himself in the mirror. Yes. Um, yeah, he hits his head up. when and, when he hit, smacks his face right. into the mirror in that. Um, right. It's it's very very fucked up and jarring. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, it's this it's Coop. It's it's the person that we've spent so long with and it felt just, you know, just the same as with Mix and and with him attacking specifically Whitney because you know we they're parallels. They are a part mm-hmm. of each other. Um no, it was And through Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it was exactly as it, as it should have been. And throughout the whole season um, when, whenever all of the violence has been, well, not all of it, but most of it has been between the two people who love each other. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's mostly been married couples. That's true. Um, Dory kills her husband. Um, uh, the James in, in, inside the, the show kills his family. Mm-hmm. Beverly, too. I feel like a lot of that 
was either it definitely was on purpose in a way like some of it was by accident but i was going with these themes of these um uh uh, power dynamics between genders and whatnot throughout the entirety of the show yeah so you have the spishak ads to dress those uh head on Mm -hmm. um love honor and decay uh tackles it a bit now the show what's the frequency itself it 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 destroys a lot of the typical um, uh, gender roles that people played. So there's nobody question. No right. one's questioning anybody for being this or that. Nobody's going, oh, you can't be a security guard. You're a woman. Nobody's saying like, you know, there's none yeah. of this uh, in this mm-hmm. world that goes on like that. But we do address these things. I also love that like wit's a tank. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the way she busts through Miss Ellie's uh, <laughs> yeah. nightclub. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I love Whitney quite a bit. I just, you know, I'm I'm enamored yeah. with her uh, her spirit, and obviously, I mean, I love Walter as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I I want to point out again, just to anybody who likes some of the music that plays throughout this, is that that is a friend's band of mine, uh, a friend of mine's band, I should say. Um, uh, Think mm-hmm. about it is the name of his band. Um, his name is Michael Manis. And he is—he's uh, on Reverb Nation, and you guys can check it out there. Um, We're going to be using more of him uh, next season, yeah, right? I, I did talk to him about that, and uh, I also—I have it in my heart that I would like to reach out to the guy who does uh, Norelko Mori and see if he wants to collaborate at all on the show, uh, and see if uh, we can get some help from him, because, uh, yeah, I would like to not have to invent a fifteen-minute experimental audio piece or create my own music every time I want. (laughs) Oh, but you did such a good job, though. It paid off. It it evoked a lot of, like, it made me think of Aphex Twin. Mm. A lot. Mm. Um, I love Aphex Twin. And I love Aphex Twin, yeah. I do. I do. do. I like, you know... Obviously, I have an affinity for for the um, abrasive end of things, but I, I'm curious about playing in the abrasive mm-hmm. end, but making abrasive beautiful or a part of something that you that you accept to to because it's telling a part of the bigger story or something. Like I'm fascinated with yeah. that. Yeah, so that is one of the spots where where again I, I do some reining in. <laughs> yeah, every I want to talk about yeah. that in terms of of the plot too. Because, you know, we have that sense in a lot of the design where there's a lot of um, tension and not much release. And in this finale, I mean, there's there it's in it's an hour long. You're expecting um, the plot threads to come together and then tie. And and in certain ways they do, where you're seeing everybody finally intersect. But I mean, at the end of the episode, you have Barton dead. You have Keats in despair. You have. Mix, you know, choking Whitney. You've got yeah. all of these things. Basically, everything has gone wrong, yeah. um, and no things have gone right. And uh, and that that is where it ends. Was it, was it always a conscious choice that it would? But it also, like I should say, it doesn't feel incomplete, right? Um, or again, it doesn't feel manipulative. Was that um, was that always a choice that you were going to end with? Sort of everything in disrepair. Yeah. Yeah, no, I that that was a yeah, that, no, that's James. <laughs> that's definitely well uh, <laughs> the only way that I, could go. I, this is what I knew needed to happen. I knew that I needed to give everyone who was listening 
basically as much of an answer as possible. Like, what is this voice? Where is it coming from? Where yeah. is Joseph? Like, those mm-hmm. are things that I didn't mind answering because there are bigger questions that we're getting to. There are bigger bits of the story that we're getting to that we haven't right. gotten to yet that I was okay giving you this up front. Um, the show doesn't hinge on you not... Like, Laura Palmer's killer, it doesn't hinge on you knowing or not knowing that. It's that the show is right. bigger than that. Um, so uh, I knew we needed to, to touch on that. So I always knew that all the threads were going to come together. I knew that um, when I talked to Alex, I said, you know, every everything that you're going to go, well, what does this have to do with? The answer is always going to be Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, what is that? What is They're looking for a typewriter. Oh, well, that's because it's Joseph. Right. Oh, they're looking for the voice. Oh, because that's Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're looking, that's because it's Joseph. Like, it, all the answers come back to one person. Um, and therefore, there's nothing about all of these threads that are dishonest right, because right. everything leads back to one road. And they all seem like they might not lead back to one road as if, like, everyone's getting fractured off into a larger story. Yeah, I, um, there was a moment early um, early on in the run, I don't remember which episode, but I think it's where they where they first get the assignment for the typewriter. <laughs> and uh, Mix is just like, well, it can't be the same typewriter because we're looking for that one. And that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's exactly true. It yeah. didn't turn out to be the same typewriter as the one that Terry had yeah, gotten rid true, of. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It turned out, but it turned out that that the typewriter was was Joseph's that they were looking mm-hmm. for, um, for the devil. Unplug the machine. Walter. Troubles! You okay? Whitney, you may need to give him a little space. Hey! Hey! You okay? The mountain's had arms. Can someone get him some water or something? And his arms reached out and hugged the nearest person and whispered what you say? in their ear. I don't understand. No. No. That wasn't the that? question. This is a part that I'm not totally happy with, not on Alex's fault. Uh, This has everything to do with the fact that I didn't get enough coverage with people saying and doing things. Yeah, no, even while I was working on it, I was frustrated with that, that I I needed more voices, more words from the other actors, and I didn't have them to work with. Calm down! Mix, calm down! Trouble! What's the frequency, Whitney? No, and we just decided that we were going to work with it Mm -hmm. as, as we were. So... I, you know, I had suggestions as to how to tighten it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. not to make it so spacious, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of space, and there's a lot of people, like, basically, if you were to think about it, like, standing around and watching Walter choke with Yeah. So I was right. like, they can't do that. Like, I was like, so we need to figure out ways to, like, get around it. We would have found ways, mm-hmm. more overt ways if we needed to. Um but, you know, we added in, like, slapping. And yeah. And, and and I did shorten it quite a bit from, from the original version. Yeah, there was a really long choking sequence of just Walter, like, squeezing and squeezing. <laughs> that, that was, and I'm squeezing. sure, too long anyway, regardless of the problem that caused like, it. It wasn't, oh, there was my the attention wasn't drawn to that at all. Uh, oh, and Tanya's performance here. God, I, like, never doubted that she was actually being choked in that moment. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. She is. She's we also so talk good. About how awesome Trudy is, by the way. Are we... 
I love Blair's again, performance through this whole thing. Yeah. And 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 the performer that I, I connect her with the most is someone she's never had a scene with. Yeah. It's Marcus. I can see that. Like I believe Trudy and Keats exist in the same world more than almost anyone. There's a commonality <laughs> to the voice they do that I just adore. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my brainchild, uh, the exit yep. uh, out of the studio. Um, so literally, just to give everyone uh, the behind the scenes how the sausage is made, I come out of the closet. Um, my <laughs> wife is sleeping in bed, and she has her, her 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 sounds on for the Amazon sounds for like so while she's sleeping. And she even stopped me at some point. And she's like, do, "Do you want me to shut this off?" I'm like, "No, no, go back to sleep, and I'm gonna do this again." I was like, "Leave it alone." And she's like, okay. And I'm like, okay. So then I walk out of the closet again. I go through the hallway. And just as I go through the hallway, my, my father-in-law is watching something on his TV. Up. So yep. you have Ed Asner going, hello? <laughs> hello? And that's so perfect. It, it was so perfect. perfectly placed, the hello. And then I, I do everything I can to, like, mm-hmm. bring you through the house and do touch things that, that I felt were going to make really great sort of mm-hmm. interactions. Uh, then I grab my keys. I go outside. I get in my car. Yeah, like I just, agreed. I, I don't know. Like I felt like this was like the like an ultimate culmination of everything we'd been doing for the outro. And, and what I had um, told him at this point <laughs> was that I was not doing the end title sequence. That was not happening again. We we got it at the beginning, and that's the end <laughs> of it. That we're gonna get the gunshot, and the gunshot is cutting straight to the yeah. credits. Right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up Ju- uh, Julia a little bit. Julia did not like how long it took. Really? This oh, whole, I love this it. Whole she was like, can, can, yeah, no. no, she was like, "Can you cut this down?" <laughs> no, She's I like, "I don't even know what's happening." It. I'm like, "Uh, no." Yeah. I told her, no. "Yeah, no." And, uh, <laughs> don't know what happened. What's happening? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just love the idea that the outro then starts playing through the car speakers, yeah. and then I interact with it. Let's yeah. be clear here. Our, our closing credit sequence is 10 minutes long. Okay, true. We spent 10 minutes on the show has already ended, and we're just getting no, to it the hasn't. credits. No, it hasn't. It hasn't, though. There's a, it's so part we have a Marvel of the stinger. show. We have a Marvel stinger for you. We do have you. a Marvel stinger. That's like, that's like 30 <laughs> seconds of the 10-minute closing credit sequence. You got, you got to go through the ten minutes of closing Sorry. credits as, as you do at the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. No, I loved it. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> and he had me, you know, do the whole uh, design the credits and that stinger, finish designing that, and send it to him so he can listen to it on the radio and re-record <laughs> it through his Lavalier mic. Oh, so you actually did. Uh, oh, oh no, this is all done in real oh, time. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I I totally assumed no, no, no. that it was just designed like this. Nope, nope, nope. I uh I did well. I did some of the uh, uh, audio for the what goes through the radio, and then I gave it off to Alex. Alex did some tweaking and right. added the scene. Sent it back to me. I played it through my phone through the Bluetooth, <laughs> and I just drove around my neighborhood for a while <laughs> and interacted with the uh, the outro. <laughs> And he always does the the credits voices. Mm-hmm. These, these computer guys. <laughs> I don't know. I I, th- I loved this ending. I, I thought this was such a great. I like outro. it. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. James. James. I I I just I'm, I find the whole "Can we sleep now?" thing so heartbreaking. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Um, there's no truth to that. 
Oh, I'm sure. There's no truth to that. <laughs> sure, totally. No, no, doesn't doesn't bleed out into the yard at all. No. Have you slept yet? Yeah, I'm on a I'm on a sabbatical right now. Uh, this is really the last real thing outside of the two audio experiments that I owe everybody <laughs> um, that I, I needed to to do. So I'm doing this, and I'm going to work on the two audio experiments, and then I'm going to continue to take a vacation. I, I'm looking forward to the vacation from from this this show myself. This show <laughs> is so intense. To uh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> It's not going to get less intense. I, I um, know, I know. We are having a buffer next time, though. We, no, we are no, not look, producing in the same month we're releasing. No, no. We are going to... F- f- next time you guys see Season 2, we will have a different structure, uh, how, how we're doing everything, and... Uh, a lot of the planning phases, so we we probably won't release until we have produced a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Um, and if that means that you know it's it's by summertime or something like that, then that's what it means. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be that, but yeah. it could be. Um, I mean, like I, I really enjoyed d- doing this episode because I had the full five weeks to work on it, mm. which was which was a luxury. The, the like the the three episodes before this, I had like a week. For each of them, what? one of them, I, one of them, I think I did in three days. What? <laughs> that's, not, that's not all my fault. Let's, no, let's no, it's not all your fault. But it, but because we were doing it month to month instead of starting with a buffer, every time I had some other commitment, <laughs> it became impossible to, to to work on the show ahead of time. Oh wow! I okay. still I still believe though that I did the right thing though, even though I know it drove us both crazy and we both are burnt out. <laughs> I, oh, yes. I feel like when we released, we released right at the right time. If we had done it any later, I feel like we would have not done the right thing. Your timing was yeah, really perfect in the world of audio drama. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of yeah. was. Like, yeah. It was like the last moment to really get in before mm-hmm. a tidal wave was going to hit. Um, it was at such an important crux, too, because we, we had... The Bright Sessions, ours, and Wolf 359 all coming to a close. I mean, not quite at the exact same time, but but they were heading there, and we knew that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it was, like you said, it was just before the wave of the massive amounts of releases we've gotten within the last year. Um, it, I, I honestly feel like What's the Frequency helped define this current era um, of audio drama and... Wow. You're right. Like, if, I'm, I'm serious. I've, I've always said it. I really think that, like, I think that what's the frequency is the future of the next generation of audio drama. I really genuinely do. Um, I think it's doing more I hope so. brave and interesting and strange uh, and innovative things than anything else out there right now. Um, and I think if you would come a little bit later... It wouldn't have, I mean, it still would have been amazing, obviously, but it wouldn't have felt quite like the, uh, like, exclamation point on the timeline as it was. Okay, there you have it. We're going to leave that there. Um, I want to thank you guys for uh, for listening to the entire season. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I want to thank you guys for being interested in knowing more. So, um, you you seriously everyone who listens to the show and keeps listening to the show and people who are fans just make everything uh, worth it if you want to help us out and you want to contribute to uh, what we do you can um, go to our patron page patreon page I should say go to our patreon page uh, it's at patreon.com 
and, you know, contribute something. Any any little bit helps is what I'm trying to get at. So um, I want to thank Alex uh, for uh, being on the show. Uh, you also want to check out Greater Boston, which is another audio drama podcast. Alex writes and does the sound design in that show alongside of Jeff Van Driesen, uh, who also writes and does sound design on that show. And for Will Williams, uh, you want to check out her website, Will, W-I-L, Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, dot reviews. Uh, she also writes for plenty of other uh, uh, publications, and if you want to hire her, by all means do so, because she is quite literally the best person ever. So, um, with that said, as always, I'm James Oliva. Till next time. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.